Greetings again, everyone, and welcome to episode 119 of the Three Point Podcast and episode 7 of the COVID-19 Quarantine. Our trifecta includes the young buck, Jared Fattel of Grand Valley State University and Fox 17 TV in Grand Rapids. He's back from his one-week work, dead phone, cell phone, whatever you want to call it, hiatus. Our middleman is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I'm the senior citizen, Ted Fattel of Sportsnet Michigan and WJSZ Radio. Our partners include Advanced Elevator, the Corona Connection, Card Service Michiana, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Sheridan Auction Service, Promec Engineering, along with our great online syndication teammate, Sports Radio Detroit. Never miss an episode by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of the other big podcast hosting sites. And shoot us your comments and questions on social media at 3PointPod. Well, we're going to catch up, see what we've been doing this last week, uh, last two weeks with Jared. We'll also look at the NFL. They released their schedule. Let's hope they can start on time. There's some doubt about that. And we'll also take a look at last week's last dance and maybe preview this week's we'll get it all rolling right after this Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. 85, 90, 95, 100. Looking for items to buy or sell? Look no further than SheridanAuctionService.com. We will solve your problem. Bring Sheridan Realty and auction your items and we will market them all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy items, we can help with that too. Call today, 989-720-SELL. It's fast, easy, and we get results. SheridanAuctionService.com. Buy or sell, we'll get it done for you. Call 989-720-SELL. You'll do better with Sheridan. So last week, as uh, the listeners probably realized, I wasn't on the show. Um, but what I thought was interesting was how quickly you guys kind of moved on without me. I, I was without a phone, so I've been without a phone for a week. And I, ha- I realized I was going up north to work, wasn't going to have any sort of way to c- communicate with you guys. So I sent a message like Friday night as I was packing my bags, like getting ready to leave. I get back uh, Sunday night and I said, oh, are we still going to do it like Monday afternoon? And I didn't get any sort of response, and then I heard about a day later, I hear that you did it with my dad. So I guess I just was a little bit upset with how quickly you guys moved and how eager you were, it seemed, to kind of replace me. But I guess it just shows that it's, like, always next man up, and, you know, it's, it's more important about the podcast than it is about any single member. This has reminded me, I feel like deja vu right now. What was it, Ted, when you went out to D.C. or to Philadelphia? Yep. And, and Jared and I recorded one and kind of... I mean, we just kind of assumed you were you were traveling, so we didn't necessarily keep you in the loop. I feel like you had the same reaction. It was it was pretty similar. I agree, <laughs> you know. And I guess I guess what we got to do. I didn't know if this was a millennial thing or what. The only comment I really have on that is a little bit more communication. I mean, you're you're firing off a text to us saying, "Hey, I fellas, I'm a, I'm out of the pocket here. My phone's not going to work." And I'm thinking to myself, "This is this is the old guy thinking, yeah. right? How I would probably handle that." 
I would have I would have probably said, hey, is there any way we can do this a different time? Number one, I'll try to borrow somebody else's phone and phone it in. We we aren't locked in on our schedule here on what time we record. We could have done it last Sunday night late. We could have. Thoughts, here's comments? The thing. Yeah, the comments are. You don't realize like how alone you almost are when you don't have a phone. It's kind of it's kind of crazy like how you just you lose connect uh, connection with basically everyone, uh, other than the, your family, especially during the quarantine where that's basically the only people you see. The thing with I didn't realize I was going up north until and sure I could have, but then I don't know anyone's numbers. I gotta tr- text everyone's numbers. That's so many like steps ahead. Oh my god, that's to way too that hard. Up. That's way too hard. I'm telling you. <laughs> and I'm working on Sunday. It wasn't like I was. Uh, like, I couldn't just stop at oh, lunchtime and call in. Like, I was working. So it would have had to have been really late Sunday night when I got back during the last dance documentary. So I thought for the best, hey, let's do it Monday. But you guys took it upon yourselves to basically, as soon as you heard that I might not be able to do it, you entered another te- group chat. I didn't even, I wasn't even up to date with what was going on. I thought we hadn't even recorded yet. I find out two days later you guys already recorded that well, I thought Well, I thought your phone wasn't working. That's the only reason you didn't get a communication back. That's fair. I just, I, you obviously there was a way that I was communicating with you, which was from well, my computer. It was one commu- one communication until what Monday or what? When was it? <laughs> I think Monday because I actually think I remember saying I can't do it Monday. Yeah, you said how about was about, Tuesday? I didn't get home until like eight at eight p.m. on Monday, so I was like, I probably can't do it Monday. So I'm probably gonna have to do it Tuesday. It is funny to think about that because, I mean, yeah, you could have like written down some numbers or something, but. You don't know anyone's numbers anymore. Right. I mean, like, so, right, if you just would have went up north and, yeah, you borrowed your boss's phone or something, you would have grabbed it and been like, well, what the hell? I don't know any of these guys' numbers. That's pretty much what I had to deal with. Um, So I tweeted about this. I think I'm sure some of the listeners probably saw it, but I'll I'll give the quick uh, rundown of the story. So basically this past Friday, you know, a couple days ago, we're recording on Sunday. Uh, I was working, uh, landscaping, right in downtown Owasso, and we had taken all of our tools, all of our bags, and put them in this giant pile in the middle of this parking lot while we were working, like, within 100 yards of this. No, like, within, like, 30 yards of of all of our tools. I had recently just got paid from working the weekend, as you said, straight cash. Uh, I was actually going to go right after work to buy some new boots, buy some new work pants, buy buy a whole bunch of stuff. You know, had a whole list of stuff I was going to buy. New phone. Uh, While I'm working... I go back, my bag's gone. At first, I think, oh, like, I must have just misplaced it. You know, I'm kind of, like, looking around for a few minutes, not really worried. Oh, where did I put it? Then I kind of start to realize, oh, this thing probably got stolen. And it's right on the river trail on Owasso. So one of my uh, fellow uh, work- coworkers takes off down one way. I go the other way. No luck. Can't find this bag anywhere. Then we hop in the car, drive around for about 20 minutes. Can't find the bag anywhere. Let me remind you, I had about $500 in there, my license, my debit card, no phone, so really no way to lock my card. This guy could be on a spending spree right now, and I don't even know it. So we're looking everywhere. I I only have, the only numbers I know are my dad's, my mom's, and my friend Josh Richardson's, just because it's so easy. It's 7711. Those are the only numbers I know. So I call my mom to try to have her cancel my card. doesn't answer. Call my dad. He comes and picks me up, drive home, cancel everything. I'm out of work at 1. And basically, the way I was thinking about it, usually my paychecks after a week will be about $500, and that's working like 55 to 60 hours, all gone, all gone for nothing. Basically, I worked a whole week for free. Wow. So I'm, I'm trying to just, so you were, you said you were along the river trail, and you, you had like all your tools, you know, your yep. landscaping tools, your bag was sitting there, so someone 
did they steal any other tools or did they just see like your bag and assume that you probably had some stuff in there? Yeah. So they just walked, walked up, snagged your bag and walked off. So this bag, it's one of my buddy's old bags. It's like a LeBron bag. Really nice bag. Like I always get compliments on it. Like people are always like, wow, yeah, I've seen that bag. bag. It is a nice yeah, bag. Yeah, it's a nice bag. So I'm guessing that this is whoever this guy was, probably a teenager, some snot nosed kid just saw this bag, said, oh, that's a sweet LeBron bag. You know, the best player ever. I'm going to go take that guy's bag. And then, and, holy crap, there's also $500. Holy crap, here. there's also $500 uh, gift cards to, you know, the best restaurant in the entire county, Rivals. <laughs> there's a debit card that I'm going to go run up at the gas station. There's everything in there. He Lock. hit the mother load. Think about it. If you're a thief, talk about the ultimate mother load. No one carries around cash anymore. The only reason I happened to have it is because I was going to the store right after. It just was the perfect, like, dream scenario. This guy, like, this thief... The way he pulled off this stunt, it was like he's like the Joker or something. Like it was so well thought out and like perfectly executed. There's no way to catch it. He got away scot free. A perfect crime. I'm glad you laid out the scenario because I was scratching my head and trying to wonder how in the heck this happened. Especially when you said, well, first when I was first thinking about it, I thought, God, is this an inside job? Is this somebody you work with that took your wallet? So I didn't realize it was your bag. And now that you mentioned about the LeBron thing. You're right. Some Yahoo teenager probably saw that laying there and says, hey, I'm, I'm grabbing this right now and booking. But, uh, wow, what a rotten feeling that had to be when you got back there, huh? It was pretty terrible. I'm not going to lie. Especially when you're pretty much at work and you just are, you know, you kind of hate your life and you're sitting there sweating over digging five-foot holes and you just kind of think about it to yourself for a few minutes. Like, I'm literally working for free right now. Mm. That's a big, like, punch to the gut. Like, I mean, yeah, you feel like violated, you know, if, if you ever have something like that happen to you, you know, you feel a little, yeah, like someone has your license, someone has your debit card, who knows what they did with it. But right, when you're sitting there grinding, working, <laughs> uh, basically for free. It's like, man, that's a, that's a, that's a punch to the balls, really, is what it is. Let me, the type of thief I would be, I wouldn't be like what this guy was. And I'm just assuming it's a guy, I don't know, could have been a girl, I guess. I wouldn't be the type of thief, like, why do you need to take my license? Why do you need to take my car keys? Why do you need to take my debit card if you're not even, if you, he didn't even use it within the amount of time it took me to cancel it? Like, uh, take the cash. That's fine. I would have been fine if you take the cash because now it's like the Secretary of State's closed. Of course, the website's not working, letting me get a new license. So I'm basically without a license right now. Without a license, uh, no debit card. I can't get a debit card because I don't have a license. So I'm basically like, I have no money for the foreseeable future. I have no license like, if I was a thief, I would just take the cash, leave everything else there, take the cash, and go. Well, that's the cur- that's the that's the courteous thing to do. It would wrong? be the courteous thing. You're right. But it, it, just thinking about how this all transpired, he's probably he saw your bag, like I said, and he just grabbed it and took off. He probably didn't even open the damn thing up till he got to wherever his hideout is. <laughs> and then he just, it was like Christmas, Christmas morning. Exactly. He whipped, whipped open that bag. Have you guys so ever I, had anything I, like stolen? I have two questions before maybe we answer your question right there. So you said that you had the, your pile of tools, you know, your rakes and, you know, all that stuff. How far away were you guys from the bag? That's why like, it was were, such – Were you guys yeah. just like 10 yards away? Yeah. So there's we were working on a little, like, miniature hill where if you're on one side of the hill, you can't see. Like, literally, uh, like, it, w- it would have had to been the per- – like, that's why I say it's a perfect crime. Wow. He would have had to swipe this thing within the five minutes that we were working on the back side of this hill – and then taken off with it. It's just there's I was no other way say, to say that, that's pretty ballsy of yeah. him. If you guys were like right there to just walk up and swipe something. Check I we checked but, the local businesses, no cameras. I report it stolen. I basically I felt like an idiot kind of rep- like as if they're going to find it. Mm. Like right. uh, reporting it stolen. So it, my sec- my second question before we maybe get to yours. 
maybe this is the dad coming at me. Maybe your dad asked you the same thing. <laughs> if you you knew you had all this money in your bag, why didn't you have have it locked in your car or something? Again, this is why it ties into the perfect crime. <laughs> so I'll go, I'll go deep into the the inner workings of my job. So we were starting off at this job in downtown Owasso. I was a part of a different crew that I'm normally not with because they were missing a guy. The guy I'm normally with, my crew leader, was running deliveries until about noon, where he was then going to come pick me up, and we were going to go to Clarkston to do some landscaping up there. In between that time, I knew that he was coming at noon. At about 11.45, we ran out of supplies at this job, so we had to send somebody back to the shop. I went inside, grabbed my bag out of the truck because I knew that I was going to be getting picked up within the next 15 minutes. Took it out, set it down with our tools. Right as soon as that guy came, 15 minutes later, I look, my bag is gone right as I'm about to take off. So I took it out of the truck for about 10 minutes, and it was gone. Mm. That's crazy. Yeah. I was going to kind of be nice because I know how how bad this hurts, but I got to throw this in there too because since Matt brought up the question – uh, Jared, I mean, you are you are a very very intelligent guy. There's no getting around it. I mean, your your grades at school and everything tell the story. But the street smartness is it's it's starting to worry me a little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, well, what, what was the story in Grand Rapids? Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, here's so there's no way for me to deposit that cash because wait, wait, wait just back up one second. It was cash, right? Yes. Okay, first of all, and you had five hundred bucks. Yes. somewhere in that range. You didn't have a pocket. Doing a landscaping job, you want me to carry around my wa- Not cash on me all day? Cash, just, you're just throw. Well, that's probably well, more likely to get lost if it's from running around in my pockets all, all day. Right, if that's if that's your answer, okay. It was the per- there was nothing I could have done. It was the perfect crime. Uh, we're dealing with a serious criminal. The guy, like <laughs> the guy's not gonna get caught. Like I'm, t- I'm telling you, you won't you won't be surprised. This guy's like the bag thief. Watch this be like his calling card mm-hmm. where he takes people's bags right around along this river trail, right? And he becomes you know, like a nuisance all over Owasso. You know what you should do, because uh, kind of what Ted was saying, I'm sure he swiped the bag thinking that, you know, he just wanted the LeBron bag. Have you looked on, like, eBay, Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, oh, anything like that, someone's selling that bag? I have not checked that. And also, we should send a shout-out to – I mean, he might be stupid enough to try and use that Rivals card. It has your, your name <laughs> on it. I guess, yeah. That's, that's true. Not a bad idea right there. That might be the best lead. Yeah. So a couple things for you, at least uh, in hindsight now, to think about. Uh, back to your original question, if, has that ever happened? I got robbed once. My house got robbed. Really? Yeah. I was in the middle of a move uh, from one place to another place, about halfway through the move. And I was, you know, we moved half the stuff out and was staying in the new place, but still had half my stuff sitting in the old place. Well, somebody had eyes on us, you know, with the truck moving stuff. The house was empty, and I got a call from my former neighbor at the time saying, Hey, Ted, uh, I, I don't know what's going on, but your back door is wide open. Oh, So then I hauled, hauled butt over there. You could see that the place was ransacked. He stole <laughs> some stuff. You know, I didn't have a lot of real valuable stuff, but but – the end of the story is kind of interesting. I had a, I used to play a lot of fast pitch softball, and I had one of those fast pitch softball jackets. You know, yeah. it was very distinctive. I played for a team called Sports World. It was a sporting goods store in Owasso at the time, and it had a big globe of the world on the back of the jacket, all stitched up. Real nice jacket. Well, it was about uh, maybe a couple months later. One of my coworkers was driving through Owasso at lunchtime. He came back to where I work and said, "Ted." I saw some dude wearing your coat. So so, like, so, so him and I went and, and kind of staked out the area. Sure as hell, a guy comes down wearing my coat. And so, what an idiot. Like, totally. 
criminals are smart. Like you always talk, people always talk about, oh, like my generation was so great. We're smart. Baby boomers, baby boomers are like running the world. They're idiots when it really comes. Like kids, you're not going to see this kid. Like you talk about selling it on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> this kid's going to be smarter than that. I'm telling you, we're dealing with a high class of criminal. Here. <laughs> well, this guy so, that I was dealing with was, was not high class. And, and you talk about street smart. I wasn't the smartest on what the next move was because I was with a buddy and he was a pretty big guy. <clears throat> and instead of just calling the cops and saying, hey, the dude lives right here, Stay we confronted him. And I, I like said, that. I said, hey, that's my jacket, MFR. And he said, what are you talking about? I said, where'd you get that? He says, oh, I uh, got it at a garage sale. I said, the hell you did? I said, you give me my jacket back. So he gave me my jacket back. Well, how do you know is there, How do you know that he didn't get it like from oh, the You don't know if he stole it or there's not. There's no way. And then we called the cops after that. But we did. Uh, it was kind of probably silly to confront the dude. He could have had a, had a piece on him. Who yeah. knows? <laughs> yeah, especially, I mean, yeah, you would have to. Maybe you weren't thinking about it back then, and it's the heat of the moment. But yeah. yeah, nowadays, nowadays I feel like you would definitely think about that. You have no idea what kind of person this is. Absolutely. I kind of like the the I, the story that comes to mind when when you guys ask these questions. Like the the one that comes to mind. I, I can't think of any other times. It's probably happened, but when I was working after I graduated college and I was working at Fox Seventeen, where, where Jared works in Grand Rapids, um, I was doing the morning news, and I had bought. Uh, new flat screen TV, which this was back, you know, 2008 or whatever, 2009. So they still cost and some bucks back then. You know. Still, still cost some bucks. And, you know, I'm fresh out of college. So like I had to save up a little money to get it and stuff like that. So like I had the, you know, the text alerts for the delivery. I was like, I want to know when this thing is on my doorstep. And so I was getting the alerts. It was like, it's out for the delivery. It's getting delivered. And when I saw like on your doorstep, luckily I was, I was basically done at work. So I was able to like leave right then. I told my, my boss or whatever. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm done. I'm leaving. And so from where the station is to my house, downtown Grand Rapids, 10 minute drive. And I left like right when I got that text, I got there. And there was nothing on my doorstep. I'm walking around the house. I'm like, where did this guy leave it? You know, what is going on? Uh, and then one of one of the neighbors said that he saw it delivered. And and someone must have kind of like your your story, Jared, with, you know, you, your bag was out of your truck for 10 minutes or whatever. Same thing. Someone saw a big, huge flat screen TV box sitting on the doorstep and walked off with it. So did but, you end up getting like your paid back or did, did it cost you anything? Luckily, like Amazon was pretty cool. Yeah. I, I just, I just said it was stolen, and two days later, I had a new TV on my doorstep. So, like, really, didn't it wasn't that big of a deal, but it was kind of, you know, I'm a 22 year old kid or whatever who just dropped 800 bucks on a flat screen. I was like, oh. this, this is devastating. <laughs> That's a kick in the but, nuts right there. Yeah. The, you know, people were, I think people were expecting me to be more like devastated about losing that money, but it's like. Like you said, you're worried about my street smarts. Like, this is kind of like something that happens all the time to me. You're trusting. You're I've, just well, I've had two guy. pairs of basketball shoes, brand-new basketball shoes stolen throughout my life where they were taken right out of my school locker. <laughs> I've had the $50 that I gave to that guy so that he could get gas to go home and then pay me back the next day, which he never did, never showed back up at Grand Valley oh, State That one could have ended up a lot Yeah, worse. this one with the $500 that I lost. There's numerous. I've had two bikes stolen, one right out of House of Wheels in a while. So I had another one where my buddy took it and because it was the nicest bike in the neighborhood. He took it, rode it home, left it in his front yard. Next day, gone. I get blamed for it. <laughs> like, there's like I've had so many stuff stolen, and I maybe it's just because I'm too trusting of people, and I'm just gonna keep doing it and doing it, hoping that like there's a better class of person out there that's not gonna keep stealing from me. But 
I think I'm just doomed to kind of repeat this cycle for the rest of history. I uh, I'd, I'd say try to find a, a middle ground, my friend. <laughs> it is kind of like it's almost like something out of we were. I was watching Logan Lucky the movie this weekend where it's about basically how about they talk about this family curse that they have and they try to rob the Charlotte Motor Speedway. I feel like that like there's some sort of curse on me where I'm just gonna keep getting stolen from. Well, let, let's wrap this little segment up here with. Uh, you did report it to the cops, didn't you? Yes. Okay. And what? What did they just? They just blew it off, or what? I mean, I did a lot of investigating. Drove around for about an hour. I, was I reported. That it. Yeah. I asked, checked with all the the bank, the the like. I don't remember what company it is right there on the corner that would have had cameras. They have, they're fake cameras, of course. Right. So I think it's pretty much it's it's a wild goose chase. So do you think there's any? Well, what are the odds? Do you think that? Some of your merchandise will show up. Like the guy realized that he has your wallet, he's got the cash, that he just chucks it, or do you think he throws it in the garbage? It'll never be seen again. That any of the stuff. I think it's gone. Yeah, forever. That's pretty much the way. Like I felt kind of silly. Like even I'm like I, I even told the cop I'm like yeah you're probably not gonna, like I don't know how the hell you'd find this but I guess figured I guess there's nothing else for me to really do so I'll just report it but yeah. it's gone. Yeah, you never know. You never know if somebody will see the dude or whoever with your bag. You know, you never know. But I think the odds are probably pretty slim. Yep. If you do see someone, call call your uncle Ted and have Ted go with you to confront the guy. With the <laughs> That's <bag>. right. <laughs> Seriously, they can't get over that. What if that guy had actually just gotten that from a garage sale, and you're sitting there just like basically demanding that he rips off his jacket and like, gives it to you? Oh no, there the, <laughs> the, there was no doubt. There was, just trust me, there was no doubt on this one that there, this was not a garage sale item for sure. And the cops had already dealt with this dude before, oh. so he, he he had a record. So. <laughs> Um, before we move on and talk a little sports, guys, I mean, uh, in our pre-conversation, uh, Owasso, Michigan made national news with uh, a defiant barber in town, Carl <laughs> Mankey. Uh, I think you even heard about it, didn't you, Matt? I did, yeah. I mean, I, I saw it like on Twitter, you know, Facebook, people posted stuff, but uh, a couple friends who still live in the area were had texted me some pictures. Like, they drove by Carl Mankey's and, like, pictures of people out there with flags and like it was like a crazy scene like what what is happening downtown owasso at carl mankey's i i will say this um i i guess i'm kind of i don't know i mean i'm in somewhere in the middle between just supporting him and doing it and like he i will in like i guess the other end of the spectrum but he pulled just an all-time brilliant marketing move. He really did. Oh, without a doubt. Like, if you think about it, he's he's got people paying his fines for him. He's got people lined up around the block to support him. He's got these books that he's, like, getting free airtime on national news and all these other places. Like, this was the smartest thing he could have done. I don't know how no one thought of this before that, but this was the smartest thing that I've seen in a while. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say this. I don't and I don't know him personally. I, I mean, I grew up there. I, I definitely know Carl Mankey's. I never – Maybe once or twice I got my haircut there, but we went to some other places to like get my haircut. But like saying this is the smartest move, I don't think he was thinking of it this way. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think he was looking at it like, ooh, I can jump on this opportunity and get a lot of business. I mm -hmm. think it was. I mean, I think he needed the money. I think he said he had to go back to work, but I think it was more uh, like a defiant move than like a marketing move. You're probably right, but in in hindsight now looking at the whole thing, it is a brilliant marketing move. Now I I just looked today, he already has over $13,000 in one GoFundMe account. <laughs> I mean, he is the face of Michigan's yeah. right wingers right now. There is no question about it. Defiant against the government uh, the governor's orders. 
I'm kind of in the middle too, Jared, but I th- I go along with this. The guy, okay, I understand he has to make money uh, you know, and just completely defying the 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 edict by the state. I don't know. I'm not so good. I'm not so high on people that just go out and completely break the law. You know, I mean, you got to have some law and order. Well, I guess it's just like if he has no other choice, like he claims, like he claims he does, where it's basically like he's running out of money and he has to stay open. Like he, I will, he seems like a real straight shooter. Yep. Kind of like what Matt's talking about. Like every all the interviews I saw on him, it's like I liked pretty much everything he said. He's basically saying he's not like. This isn't like a, defi- a defiant move. It's just like he has no other options, so he just pretty much has to open up. All right, let's get. Let's say we'll give Carl the benefit of the doubt there, and I, I tend to agree with you. I mean, he's been around forever. Uh, in fact, when I was in high school, he was the barber you wanted to go to because yeah. you know he would cut your hair how you wanted it. Almost every other barber that you went to when you were my, you know, when I was like 15, 16, <laughs> they'd always cut it too short. Yeah. And Carl Mankey would cut the hair like you wanted it. So I respect the guy for being around a long, long time. The thing that bothers me most, though, are the people that have now jumped on, you know, in yeah. complete support. And uh, and it bothers me, too. I'll, I'll make a little political statement. There are people that are just completely defiant on the face mask thing. You know, if you're going to go to a store... Is it really that difficult just to put on a mask or a cover over your nose and mouth? But people have to defy that, and I, I'm not I'm not supporters of that at all. Come on, if we don't get rid of this thing, if we don't do our due diligence, it's just going to continue on and on. Do you guys agree? It's, disagree? It's stupid because people and I and you feel like an idiot wearing the mask. Everyone does, but you have to do it. Right. It's kind of like people will be like, oh, like it's my choice, like it's my safety or whatever but really it's not the only thing the masks do is help other people exactly. from you spreading so it's it's kind of selfish to do it where people think that it's it's like they're taking a risk for themselves but really it's the other way around yeah and that, that's one thing that i did think was a little funny about some of the interviews you know he was saying like he's he's taking the proper measures and stuff like that but a lot of the interviews he's got his mask pulled down below his chin while he's like two feet away from one of his customers so i just thought that was funny but yeah like i, I yeah, not getting too political about it, but that's one thing about like, really a lot of this stuff that's kind of bothers me because right if he if he's doing this you know not to take a political stand but he's doing it because he needs to work you know I you know you have to appreciate that local businesses small businesses you know are getting hit right now but the people who make it a political thing is what bothers me yeah. like I, I mentioned those those pictures and people with Trump flags people with you know the MAGA hats and the and American flags, you know, they're making it a political thing. And it's confederate like, that's what, flags. The, all right, the Confederate flags, which is just like ridiculous. Why are you flying a Confederate flag? But anyway, that's a whole other topic. But <laughs> uh, support him, you know, if you if you support him and, you know, you're trying to help him out. You, you know, he like you said, he's kind of like a local legend. He's been in the area yep. for so long. Cool. I get that. You know, that's fine. But like to make it a political thing and like you're not supporting Whitmer, you're supporting the other side or whatever, that's where it's like, come on, guys, we're all supposed to be in this together, right? Like, yeah. that, that's the whole point of this. Yeah, and I would have even, I would have felt okay if you saw the people outside that are protesting if they all had masks. But you know what? They didn't have any masks, none of them. Right. <laughs> Just nuts. Well, they are, like, that's- sitting out with, like, the people who are getting their haircut, they're bringing, like, lawn chairs, right, and yeah. sitting outside. So I guess I can kind of, <laughs> and Mankey's wearing the mask and all that. True, true. You know what has really bothered me about, and this isn't even about Mankey, but it's kind of, like, news-related. 
and it's and I normally don't even watch the news, but my but ever since I've been home and we're locked inside during quarantine, we only have the one TV. My parents will always turn on the six o'clock news. All of the reporters in the field they do the same exact like maneuver, and it's so <laughs> stupid where they take the mask and they put it like around their neck, as the, and it's like you you just doubt that they're even wearing it, and it's just funny how like how they have it situated off their face when they're doing these like in-person reporting shots i just think it's so goofy and i don't know how i don't know maybe they need to do it with the mask on i don't know yeah well i don't know i i I tend to i tend to think that they're probably wearing the mask and just take it off for the report but you could be right who knows yeah yeah it is it is funny to think like i don't know if you guys have seen like numbers articles or whatever about the masks and like there's countries who have like opened up, but they require like they they strictly require people to wear masks. They actually enforce, you know, writing tickets or something if you don't have it. And they've seen like numbers go down. They're able to like get the economy going, but everyone's wearing masks, so like this thing slows down. It it would just be, it just sure seems like you know, like you said, Jared. It, everyone feels stupid wearing them. It's uncomfortable. You kind of look ridiculous. But like if you do it for a couple months, maybe we could really like put a dent in this thing you would think right that's that's the hope and that's what we got to keep striving for i think okay yeah. guys this is one of the longest catch-up segments we've had fellas <laughs> and i like it i like it well let's let's move on to more uh, fun topics if we will here but before we do we'll talk about the chronoconnection.com they know it's great to be gold keep up to date on cavalier nation at chronoconnection.com Advanced Elevator Company, they feature top expert field technicians for installation, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators. An area business leader and a longtime huge supporter of the Corona Public Schools and a proud partner of Three Point Podcast. Well, there is some sports out there. I know uh, the UFC put on a live event last night. We're recording this on Sunday, Mother's Day. But uh, from what I saw, I didn't watch the event live, but I caught a lot of the highlights on SportsCenter. It looked like they pulled it off pretty good. Yeah, it's kind of funny how the sport that people like, kind of people like you, Ted, yeah. who consider like, oh, it's so gruesome and it's so this I stand and that. By it's that. the first one that's back, yeah, which is kind of cool. But it's it just it just bothers me. I already get irritated where the very first thing that you see on Twitter as all these fights are going on is trending is is Joe Rogan because yeah. he's not wearing a mask, right? And he's shaking, he shook a fighter's hand. Like it's just obviously all these guys have been tested, and I get that it's like. It just it, people want to find something to hate. So no matter what it is, like it could be anything. He could be wearing a mask. They'd be making fun of him for wearing a mask. Like whatever he yeah. does, like it's just going to get hated on. So I do appreciate the UFC for putting on like some sort of sports. It's, it feels good to have him back somewhat. Yeah, I, I did see that too. Like right away at the weigh-in, he wasn't wearing a mask, and that's all anyone was talking about. But yeah, it, it was cool to see. I didn't watch it live. Uh, we were, I had some other stuff going on, but yeah, it it made you even though like if you're not, I saw a lot of people who. I don't think I've ever seen them talk about UFC before. We're watching or talking about UFC, so I think we're all pretty thirsty for some sports right now. Yeah, you think? I absolutely. I mean, it's we need it, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens, you know, down the road. You know, we've talked about this before. Do we think, first of all, do we think the NBA and the NHL is even going to come back and finish their season? No, I really don't. I think it's time to basically just kind of close the chapter on that book and just start for next year. Because it's like, just you talk about, like, even in the UFC, they even, one of the, like, what, 10 fighters they had fighting tested positive for the coronavirus. So it's like, how do you do that for a whole team? Like, and it's just, there's going to be an asterisk on whoever would end up winning the NBA title. I don't even personally care about the MLB season, even though we have, like, 
what's funny is we have opening day tickets right and that's just the ultimate like we got scammed like we're not seeing that money we're not gonna there's no way that the first game back there the MLB MLB is gonna have fans in the stands like there'll be some sort of stupid way like credit where we'll end up going to a game like in mid-August or something like next year where it's like the 32nd game of the season no that I, I get your skepticism there but they've already posted if we want we can have the same setup for next year opening day and that's probably what we'll do. So we're not really out. Our, we could get our money back if we wanted to, but let's. Why not just ride it out and go to opening day next year? You okay with that? As you're part of the posse, it's just you talk about a missed uh, opportunity. UFC is clearly capitalizing on it, and I feel like the same thing for the fact that golf courses have been able to stay open during this, and now they just allowed carts like. I've never – so many of my friends are now golfing all the time. Like, I've had friends who have golfed, like, every single day for three straight weeks. I feel like they're another, like, big-time, like, benefactor of this, like, quarantine. Well, since you brought up golf, uh, did Matt make any money off of you or off your opponent? I was, was going to say, I, I, was, I was looking for the betting lines on the golf you had going on. Oh, I didn't – I guess I didn't see that. What What am I missing? Uh, well, go ahead and fill him in, Matt. Well, yeah, I, I thought you – you either liked or I thought you replied to my tweet. You you know, you were tweeting out some pictures of your golf tournament. Your golf outing. And I, I just, I said something about, like, send some lines. I'll Venmo some money. On <laughs> I was going to bet on who whoever was playing against you to win is what I was going to do. I wasn't uh, yeah, I see. Okay. Anything. I see the confusion. So somebody else, as I said, I didn't have a phone. Somebody else was running the account, and I didn't have any way to see that. So now I see, I would have gave you some lines. Uh, full disclosure, actually, I didn't up, ended up losing in overtime. Oh. Um, but so you would have ended up winning some money probably, but yep. I don't know. I, I'm really hopeful the UFC, like it, 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 the fact that Ted, you didn't watch it and Matt, like you didn't watch it either. I'm kind of the biggest UFC fan just shows that maybe it's not quite as much as of like a, like it's going to get people to watch it who normally wouldn't watch. Cause mm. like you talk about, it's a very, this was the very first like sporting event that's been on in like two months. And yet you guys still like, just, I don't know, just didn't tune in. Like I, I just, I don't I think, think it's really going to be as big as people think it is. We've talked about it before. UFC is a very niche sport. I mean, some people might catch some highlights, like you said, Ted, on SportsCenter, or watch the highlights on Twitter. But, like, I, yeah, it, it's not like you're not going to pull in casual fans. Now, like, say the NBA playoffs came back, I yeah. think that would maybe pull in some people who just want sports. Or obviously, um, you know, maybe baseball would bring some fans back if baseball came back on, you know. But, yeah, I think – you already kind of said it. I think the NBA and the NHL, I, I think Shaq even came out and said that they should move on and stuff, but you almost need to just like close the door on these, these seasons that didn't finish and move on because it's going to start getting really messy. Like we're, what we're heading into June basically. So if you're going to try and finish the season, it's going to go into, it's basically would go into next, what next season should be if yeah. you try and finish the season. So it's like, yeah, just use, Use the, the the current standings for the draft because I know your dad John. That's what he was saying. Like, how are you going to decide the draft order and stuff like that? Just use the current standings as the draft, and you know whatever the 2019-2020 season just didn't ever finish. I guess. Yeah, I, I think that's what's going to end up happening now. Major League Baseball maybe a different story. I got a feeling they're going to figure out some way to have a shortened season. And I'm thinking, I could go wrong. I'll go on record here, though, on May 10th and say, I think Major League Baseball is going to start in some shape or form uh, by July 4th. You guys agree, How, disagree? You, I, we really haven't heard much from the MLB. Like, whereas the NBA, it seems like Adam Silver or whoever is making a statement 
about it every day. You haven't heard anything from Rod Manfred and like right. the MLB. Like just it seems the like, day. but it seems so easy to bring them back. Yeah, it does. Get some little you know like, like porta potty type things for the dugouts and like so, just have them play. Like I don't understand what's been so difficult about getting. Well, them just back. like they're doing in the Korean baseball organization. I mean, I'm not right. watching it, but I've yeah. seen the highlights. Uh, they're they're putting on a product. They're playing baseball. Why why can't yeah. MLB do that? Yeah, I feel like the the biggest thing we've seen is like the kind of running it like spring training, staying down in Arizona, staying down in Florida. But yeah, like you haven't really seen anything like move forward after that. So it does seem like I, I still the thing that I just always come back to is kind of like what you were saying earlier, Jared, like with the, the UFC fighter getting tested positive. Like, what if one player, one umpire, one, you know, somebody gets tested positive? You're going to like quarantine the whole team. Like, there's still a lot of weird stuff like that. But also, I guess if they were going to run it, like stay in Florida, stay in Arizona, you know, something like that. But I mean, I know, I know things are like getting better in, in Michigan and in like New York and LA, but you're not going to have teams traveling into Detroit, into New York and stuff like that right now. With some of these areas that were really bad, you wouldn't think, but I mean, I guess if you stay in Florida and Arizona, that might be a way to have a 60 game season or something like that well even you know the major leagues was talking about uh, you know breaking it into three divisions in the same geographic area i mean they could go back to old school baseball and they used to ride the buses you know if, yeah. if each team has charters their own bus and it's their, just their players going from one stadium to another in uh, the general area why couldn't they do something like that i mean i think yeah, they got to get creative true. yeah yeah and that, that's one saying saying get creative i uh, one of our former guests, Micah Adams, he he works for the NBA. I think I don't know if you guys saw the tweet that he sent out, but he basically he said along the lines of like, why are people getting so worked up over some of these like proposals that leagues are sending out? Like they everyone's looking for the perfect solution. They just want sports back to normal. And I think people need to like realize it's not going to be back to normal for a long time, even if it is, even if the sport does come back, but there's no fans. Or yeah, like you said, they're going to break the MLB up into geographical leagues or something or the NCAA you know you, they're only playing conference games or something like that for football like if you want sports back you better just realize that it's not going to be normal for a little while yeah I want to talk a little football here too but before we jump into that I just wanted to throw a comment out there you know we're seeing uh, like in Michigan for example the curve is going down I mean this the safety things they put into place it is working now are we going to wait for sports when are we under the assumption that the coronavirus is going to completely disappear? If we do, we're just fooling ourselves. It's not going to disappear. But I think if they get the curve down and it's manageable and then these sports can get back into business, not only sports, just business in general, and keep these safety things we have in place, you know, keep the social distancing, keep the wearing of the mask. For, a, for an extended period of time. Don't you think that's what we got to be looking at instead of trying to say, well, the virus is gone, now we can go back to normal? Yeah, I think that's probably the biggest thing is a lot of people want that to happen. All of a sudden, boom, Dr. Fauci or you're whoever, someone comes out and says, we got it, it's gone. It's like, that's not happening. <laughs> no, exactly. And if even if the curve is down, there's always a risk, okay? so So you start Major League Baseball and – you know, you get a month into the season and then three people, three ball players, come down with the with the virus. Is it really that much different than the normal flu? You know, how many times have you have you heard of players, oh we got he's got flu like symptoms? Yeah, this is a little bit of a different thing to deal with, but we I mean, almost gotta like get mild. back to normal somehow. 
people people get put on the DL or something for like mono or right. you know some other stuff like that. So right, like if, as long as we figured out ways to like like you said to manage things, then you got to think like at some point you got to get these things rolling. Well, it's like I remember when this like all started. Like, what it takes like five years or something like for a vaccine to like be able to get everyone a vaccine? So it seems kind of unrealistic to wait that long. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm kind of looking forward to – I hope, like, my number one goal is that we get a college football season. I don't care if there's fans or not. That's just conference schedules. I think that would honestly be, like, maybe the most enjoyable college football season we've had yet where you just have no idea, like, how the teams are going to match up when they do finally, like, meet in whatever it is, the Rose Bowl or something like that. So I, I guess that's one sort of silver linings that I am looking forward to. But I just – I feel like football is going to be the one that you, you're talking about how that's the one that we're waiting on. How, how do you play football? Yeah. Well, right now, college football season, I think, scheduled to start on the 29th of August. We, I think we all agree that's probably not going to happen because, you know, there's a lot of factors in college football. First of all, you're not even going to be practicing. Well, that's the thing. You're, you're hearing all the you're hearing the head of the NCAA saying, hey, nothing's going to happen until the students can go back to the campus. But uh laying out your scenario of the conference schedule that's not bad now here we are again on may 10th looking at your crystal ball when do you think legitimately we could see our first college football weekend spring spring yeah i think it's going to be postponed until like springtime so you're you're like a year you're saying play college football in the spring i I just don't know how you're going to be able to play it right now it's it seems so idiotic like basically all the schools are planning on having the fall semester virtual so how can you have all the you know the twenty person classes at these schools be virtual where that's deemed not safe, but then have literally about two hundred people on a hundred yard radius football field? Like how can you have that? Like it just doesn't make sense. Like President Mark Emmert said, like there's no way that you can have them both. Hmm. So as soon as yeah. schools start saying, oh, like as soon as like Ohio State or something like that says, oh, we're going to virtual classes in the fall, and you're not gonna be able to play football. Right? Yeah, I, I, that's I think that's spot on because. I mean, we, we already know that, yes, these football players, basketball players, all these athletes, yeah, they're called student athletes. But, you know, we, we know, like, what the main reason a lot of them are going to school for is because they have to. They have to go there before they can turn pro. But, right, if you if the NCAA, like, basically exactly what you just said, Jared, if they, if they allow athletes to compete or, you know, to come on campus and practice or whatever, but they're saying it's not safe for students to be in class, I mean, that's about that. That's the biggest like uh, trump card or whatever you want to say to saying like these athletes are different than every other student on this campus, which is kind of the message that they don't want to send <laughs> because then, then at that point, you may as well start paying them. You may as well start paying them like professional athletes because you're treating them differently than the rest of the students on campus. So you may as well just change all the rules. So what's your gut feel? Are you thinking spring, Matt? Or you think, uh, I mean, I'm just skeptical if you play in the spring and then come right back and play in the fall. I mean, what are your thoughts? My, I mean, my maybe it's my op- optimistic gut feel is that we're going to have a shortened season this fall. But I, I'm still on the same side. Like, if students are on campus, I, I will be really surprised if they try and pull it off. Because then, like, the like the extended like is it only football or are you saying like literally every fall sport because then that's a lot of people on campus you know practicing and you need all the medical facilities open and all that stuff so it just seems like a big mess but yeah i i mean i am leaning a little more towards spring because you could almost run like just a a spring league you know just a six eight game conference schedule and then hopefully then it would just roll right into summer practice so 
you know, they already have spring practice and stuff like that. So you instead you would just have a game or a season, but oh. it still, it still seems like the, the logistics would be crazy too uh, on that. So, Oh, that's just, that, that's just killing me thinking no college football at all in the fall. I just, what a, what a world we're living in right now. Well, speaking of football, the odds are probably a little better. And we talked about that before on the NFL, maybe coming back in some shape or form. What do you think? Yeah, I think, I think the biggest thing on that is the difference between professional athletes and, and student athletes. I mean, I think we talked about last week with, with John yep. when, he, when he was on, but I, I think that's just the biggest thing is these guys are under contract. They're professionals. It's almost like they, they, they can do it like by choice, I guess is, you know, it's their choice if they want to go play or something like that. So I think that's the biggest difference with the NFL. I think the NFL is going to be the easiest one to just shift to the spring. Like, Whereas with college athletes, it's a lot more difficult, a lot getting all that logistically done. But when it's the NFL, I feel like they're so like kind of, I think smart and they they can move things around. They're such a big like they're too big to fail almost. Where it's like if they move to the spring, the TV scheduling or whatever, they're just gonna find a way to make it. I work. I could be completely off base here, but I mean, you know, we're going back to work. This country is going back to work sooner than later. You know, I mean. Here in Michigan, we've got the stay-at-home, stay-safe order through the end of May. I mean, I cannot imagine that, you know, we're not going back to work, pretty much back to normal work sometime this summer. I don't think there's any po- – this is just me saying this. I don't think there's any possible way the NFL is going to have to wait for a season until spring. They're going to play – I think they're going to play this fall. Now, whether they start at their normal at September 10th date, we don't know, but I think they're going to get a. I think they're going to get their season in pretty close to normal. Guys, I disagree with that. I I would tend to agree with that. Like even if they have to shorten the schedule a little bit or do do something like that. But I mean, it, I it is about safety. We we know that that's the main thing with this. But I think the company, you know, the ad revenues, the actual league and every, the TV and everything, thinking about the money that's already been lost and then the money that will be lost with no NFL, I think that's going to uh, sway some people to say, I mean, screw it. We got to give this a shot. Like you said, you got to get back to work. So, like, same with them. At some point, you got to try and do this thing. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I don't shortchange this virus at all. It's It's just been terrible. But we cannot go on just – continuing on without people making a living we're already looking at probably one of the worst financial times you know since the late 20s and 30s and the great depression how this country and this world is going to bounce back economically that's a big worry for sure i mean we got to worry about the health but like you said matt i mean we're we're all we all have to go back to work and this virus isn't going to be completely eradicated so we're just gonna have to deal with that as as we have to deal with other diseases like cancer and other other killers you know i mean we just have to realize that's what we're dealing with you know and and hopefully we don't get it and hopefully loved ones don't get it but they may and you know we can't stop working we got to get back probably pretty soon yeah all right well Anything else in our sports potpourri before we get to maybe last dance and a little other entertainment talk? You guys yeah, got a final I'm, comment or I'm, two? I'm looking at uh, one of these papers that you have uh, in front of us here at the station, and it's basically a pitching gems uh, rundown of the schedule of Tigers games. And I'm not going to lie, nothing sounds less appealing than watching one of those quote-unquote pitching – I mean, look at one of these. One of them is uh, – isn't it like, yeah, 2017 Matthew Boyd throws a one-hitter. 
you couldn't pay me $50. As somebody who just lost $500, you could not pay me that $500 to watch that 2017 regular season Matthew Boyd one-hitter game. Sunday night primetime. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll come at, come at it the opposite way. I kind of enjoyed some of these games. I watched Fidrich's, Mark Fidrich's Monday night baseball game. The 84 Jack Morris no-hitter was fun to watch. I'm surprised you didn't uh, have any interest in, what, the 2007 Verlander no-hitter to kind of relive that since you were there live? That was that's the one thing. The only thing I really like remember from gameplay of that game was I think Brandon Inge hit a home run that game, right? And I remember the final out, which was like a fly out to Maglio Ordonez, like in right field. I'm yeah. pretty sure if I remember right. Well, I this was that's why I brought this in here because I did actually enjoy some of that, and I even posted on uh, Twitter. I mean the uh, Galarraga 28 out perfect game. That was something else, and I mean it just to kind of relive it because you know, it's still baseball, even though if you know what happened in the game. You forget what happened inning to inning, so it's kind of like watching a, a live baseball event. But you kind of knew what was coming at the end, and, and like I like I tweeted, I really forgot how much I did enjoy Impemba and uh, the big fella there calling games, and they they were they were dead on. It was very entertaining to hear them call that uh, Galarraga game and the Verlander stuff. I mean, it, it was fun. It was baseball. Yeah, I mean, we all know what kind of what happened with the end of their run calling Tigers games, but they were really great, especially through what that like you know eight eight year run that the Tigers had being really good there. Yep. I mean, they, they Mpemba or Mpemba and Rod Allen, they they were really entertaining. Um, but yeah, like I guess it, I look at those things. I didn't watch any of those, uh, but you know, I I saw all the clips and stuff of like Galarraga's game and and Verlander's on Twitter, but. Uh, I, I just look at it as like a, you know, you rewatch movies, you know what's happening in a movie or TV show, but you rewatch it because, you know, you like it and, you know, you, it's entertaining or whatever. So that's kind of because I have seen people say, like, why would you rewatch a sports game? You know exactly what's going to happen. So, like, well, you've watched the same movie 20 times and you know exactly what's going to happen. So it's the same idea. Yeah. I mean, typically I, I sort of agree with that. It depends on the time frame between when you watched it originally and when you watch it again. You know, it's the same thing with movies. I mean, if you go a long enough time, you know, I don't know what the time period is. If you go 10 years before you watch a movie again, you pretty much forgot most of it other than the key key factors, right? Yep. Yep. All right, well, we'll talk a little Michael Jordan and Last Dance. Before we get to that, though, I uh, just want to remind you, step up and help one of our great partners and help our uh, young guy here, Jared. Stop into Rivals. Maybe <laughs> you'll find his card there <laughs> and uh, give them some help. They're the official sports bar of Three Point Podcast. They're open for food and beer takeout, including a wide variety of craft brews and growlers. They're there for us. Be there for them. Rivals Tap House and Grill in Corona. And you know everybody likes a great deal, right? We all do. Well, go online at SheridanAuctionService.com for info on their upcoming auctions. The auction house is packed with all kinds of great items. Stay up to date by checking their website at SheridanAuctionService.com and sign up for email notifications or give Troy Crow a call at 989-720-SELL for other details. You know, before we talk uh, last dance, I did want to throw this out there. We were just talking about games that uh, have been repeated on TV, like the Tiger Pitching Gems. And, you know, we've been posting some of the uh, some of the really cool games that we broadcast here in the last 35 years or so. And, you know, even I, I'll check it out. I might not listen to the whole thing, but I uh, t- tuned into a little bit of the Owasso and Corona very first meeting. We put that on our three-point podcast site. And I got to say, it was, it was kind of fun to listen to a little bit of that. It is fun because, I mean, I, I – I have all the tapes that you called from 
uh, from my football season, my senior year. And, you know, I've listened to those. And then, but like now, like you said, now it's been 10, 15, 20 years, whatever. It's cool to go back and hear the names, you know, like you hear the excitement and especially like, uh, we're, we're obviously biased with the Corona football stuff, but like hearing Frank Corn's voice in the background, yep. hearing, hearing the cheer, the, the crowd cheering. And then, yeah, hearing the names, you're like, Oh yeah, man, he was, he played fullback or yeah, he, he played defensive. You know, like, it, it is kind of cool. It's nostalgic. And, and then especially like when it's like my games or whatever, it's fun <laughs> to listen to. I was shocked when I saw that. That was the first time that Owasso and Corona played was not till 97. That's so, that was for any sport, pretty much. No, just football, football. Just football. I don't know how that took so long for that game. That must have been in, like an incredible game, like it I would was. imagine. But that well, just kind of kind of brought up something that I was also thinking about. The Argus Press, if you remember, they did like the best basketball player in the area. Yeah. And my big takeaway from that was we don't have a very good area as far as like players go. I mean, if you really think about it, the Shiawassee County, I mean, our best players are like guys who are just good high school players. You know, we got a, a occasional college, like Brad Van Pelt is basically the only guy we have that was like an, a professional player. Pretty much. I mean, you're right. I mean, uh, there's been some great athletes that have come through our area, but when you're trying to put it into the uh, professional realm of things or even or, or even big-time college yeah. stars, not a lot, really. I think I, I've talked with this. I talked to my buddies about this a few times, and, you know, maybe you, you look at things a little, a little differently with, like, your peers, the guys you played with. Maybe, maybe you think you might have been a little better than, you know, you, you'll exaggerate things a little bit. But, you know, mid-Michigan, especially, like, when I went the 90s and early 2000s or, you know, maybe even before back when Ted was playing, you know, like, the area we played in, like, took sports very seriously. High school sports, we have a lot of very good, high, like you said, Jared, a lot of very good high school athletes. And then, but it seems like maybe things are changing now. I, you know, I'm not sure, but it seems like back then, like, there wasn't a huge, like, stress on going to play in college. It was like, you know, you, you would talk about going to college for school or getting a job after high school, whether it was like a farm or going to work in a, at a factory or going to get, you know, like uh, some skilled trades you know, schooling or something like that. But like, it just didn't seem like trying to practice and like train to go on after high school and play sports. It just wasn't like really talked about a whole lot. So I, you know, like where I said in other school, like when I went to uh, the West side, when I started working at, at Fox 17 in Grand Rapids, I'm sure Jared, you've seen it. I was like blown away at like how training to play after high school was actually like a big deal. I was like, I feel like we didn't even talk about this when I was in school. Yeah, it really it, it is a big deal, and it's just maybe it's just because Matt. I mean, we've both obviously worked in sports on the West Side, where every field is turf. All there's you know, a, it seems like there's a different college, Division One college player on like every single team. It just kind of I don't know makes me a little bit sad about kind of opened up my eyes. Like maybe you know the sports aren't quite as good as I thought they were around yeah, here. It's, it's hard to argue the West Side football is the best in the state, probably. Yeah, but I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to my story. I'm gonna say that we we have a lot of great. A athletes in our area and we were just we were focused on being chronic cavaliers that was our focus <laughs> very true just they weren't just no interest in getting college paid for free just wasn't just wasn't <laughs> didn't care about that we just wanted to shine under those nick and East lights for yeah. sure well anyway any of our listeners especially here locally if you have any uh former games you'd like to see us post on three-point podcast just hit us up we'll do our best that's what's brought some of the ones that we've recently posted uh on our site so we like to put on put it on there give a little alternative programming if you will well speaking of alternative programming ESPN's figured it out 
Sunday night's a pretty good spot to put uh, new programming, and this last dance uh, seems to be doing pretty well. Yeah, what are we tonight? We're recording on Sunday. Yep. Are we, what are we going to episode seven and eight? Yep. Seven and eight. So yeah, seven and eight. So two more Sundays, and you know it, it's been fa- like it's been so good. I think we all knew that this was going to be super entertaining. Like really, the production was going to be really good. I know Jared, like you mentioned, you don't like how they're like kind of jumping back and forth mm-hmm. on the timeline. Um, but uh, like other than that, the production value is awesome. Seeing the old video, you know, it's super well done. I love it. No, but, but you must have loved the the Kobe Bryant tie tie in last week, huh? That that was going to be one thing. I have two things that I like. Last week we talked about it. We were talking about what what the last week's episodes were going to be, and you know I saw that it was going to be Kobe, and I hadn't watched those, those episodes. But Kobe, it was like five minutes. I was like, I mean, I know it, this is about Jordan and the Bulls, but I was kind of like, man, you you bring in this Kobe stuff and you bring in his interviews. And I know this it, this was mostly done before he passed away, but it was kind of like, man, you almost like it, it wasn't even worth it. Like you just had him in there for like five minutes, and you didn't even like explore like how big, how much Kobe looked up to him, and modeled his game after Jordan and stuff like that. So I, I almost thought it was like almost disrespectful. But I'm a big Kobe guy. But my my other thing is I don't know how you guys are feeling, and I know with any documentary, any biopic, or any, you know any sort of media that's done this way. You know, somebody always has, like, creative control. And obviously Jordan has the creative control for this documentary. And it I don't know. I'm, I'm beginning to think that it, it was no coincidence that he finally released this footage and decided to do this documentary. Like, after LeBron really started winning a bunch of titles hmm. and people started really talking about LeBron maybe being the GOAT. And, you know, finally, what, 25 years or whatever later, Jordan said, okay, yeah, let's do this thing. Because it's it's getting a little nauseating that it's just like a it's like an MJ ego stroke the whole time. It's just even with the bad boy stuff or even some of this other stuff. It's just and I, I get how amazing he was. I understand that. I was I watched him, you know as a kid all all his games and stuff. But like it's getting a little like all right, we get it, we get it. He was amazing. He was he was a hard ass in practice. We get it, we get it. I don't know. It's it's getting a little too much to me. I just thought it was people around here, all over Twitter, everyone, like, we were getting so excited for the Bad Boys episode. And when you really think about it, it was maybe about 15 minutes, 20 minutes of yeah. total time spent, like, on the Bad Boys. I just thought it was sort of funny. It, it really is just a Michael Jordan I don't know, stroke session, pretty much. Which Love I guess letter. is like, which it seems like, you know, Ted and you guys always say, like, always the best player ever. Kind of what it always has been, kind of viewed to me. I just thought it was funny how the one negative thing about Jordan that people will always say, like, oh, the gambling. the ga-. It just seems like it's not even that big of a deal. I agree with what he says, or he's like, if I had a problem, like, I would be, you know, I, would, I wouldn't be living in this mansion. I wouldn't have all the stuff I have. I wouldn't be able to feed my family. Like, how, he doesn't have a problem. Well, we're not going to see – we're not going to see any definitive answers on the gambling or whether he had a problem or not. But, you know, I remember back in the time when it happened, and, and we'll we'll find out more about it tonight. I don't think – as in depth as I'd like to see, but when he went to baseball and there was a lot of talk when he left the bulls to go play baseball, that the reason was some shady dealings in the gambling world. You think, you think they'll talk much about that on this episode? I don't understand how that, but how does him going to baseball like solve that problem? 
it just gets him out of the NBA, and you know, I don't know. It doesn't well, really solve the it's problem. Like, but he was the NBA. Like that, they talk about how the lowest ratings ever was like the few years like right after he like retired. Well, so it's like I don't like how does that make sense? Like any sort of sense? Like okay, I guess if you could have had a gambling scandal break, but it's like oh. No, like this isn't the NBA's problem because he happened to be playing well, for the minor leagues. Well, let me ask you this question then. You know, and I know you don't know the answer, but let me ask your opinion on this. The guy just won three straight NBA titles, right? All of a sudden, he wants to go play baseball. He's the best player in the world in the NBA. Oh, yeah, I've done it all. I'm going to go play baseball. It is. It does seem kind of like <laughs> BS because it seems like Jordan's psyche would be like, "Oh no, like that's not enough. Like I want to win a title every single year until like I hang it up." Yeah. So I do think that that like I do wonder why he actually did that. Maybe it is just because of his dad. I don't know, but it just seems highly unlikely. And he, I, you gotta believe he's gonna get knocked down a notch. I mean, I don't know how they're gonna paint the picture, but get real, Michael. You think you know at whatever age he was? Was he thirty when he says, "Well, I'm gonna play Major League Baseball." Is he for real that he really thought that he would be a a major league baseball player? Maybe in his own mind, but there was no chance whatsoever. Right. I mean, I guess that's the thing. I I highly doubt they get into the real reason he stepped away. But, I mean, I I remember, and, you know, people still talk about it a little bit, but right like that, it would be way different now with the way that media is now. Obviously, it'd be handled very, very differently. But like, if that is what happened, that there were some some gambling issues going on, it you know people have said like the commissioner of the NBA basically said like, "Hey man, like this is gonna come out. Like, why don't you step away?" And it, it just kind of like blew. It just kind of like got for it was forgotten after he was gone for a couple of years. Then he came back and obviously won more championships. So like. It, I, I highly doubt they're going to get into it because even with when they did talk about the gambling, it seems like it seems like he was probably sitting in a room with the producer saying like, "Okay, we've got to get in this gambling stuff. Let's show some video. Let's show some some pictures, and we'll talk about it." But then I'm going to sell that I don't have a gambling issue. Exactly. So like people can say people can say like like say they never mentioned the the gambling. That would be a huge criticism. It'd be like, "Man, you did this whole documentary. You never talked about the gambling." So he's like, "All right, let's talk about the gambling." But I'm giving my side because then even like David Aldrich, the reporter came on and they, they just like it was just a little like a fart of a mention that like the first time they won the title, he Jordan was the only one who wasn't at the White House because he was off gambling and doing some other stuff. And like that was it was just like a little mention. It was like, could you imagine right now yeah. if if LeBron, you know, oh, obviously we know how things are going right now with teams going to the White House. It's like a. It's just a crazy spark plug topic. Yeah. So it's like, can you imagine like if the whole Cavs or say the Lakers won it this year and like just LeBron didn't go to the White House because he was off in Atlantic City or something? Like, it's yeah. yeah. I still love it, the documentary, but it's a little like, come on. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's kind of what we came to expect was that it was just going to be a puff piece, but it is good. It gives us something to to look forward to and to watch, but I, don't, I just can't, and I know that this is like what everyone says on Twitter these days. Is like I can't wait for the LeBron version of this. Yeah. And I, but if if there was any team that you could fought like have like a documentary made, where it's just you followed them for that one season. I know, like I, I guarantee I'm gonna pick Ted's right here. What the '84 Tigers. Well, I already watched that, the roar of 84, which actually was pretty good. <laughs> it's been repeated over and over. I, no, if I was going to want to watch one team from my era, uh, the 68 Tigers probably too far back to really get a lot of inside stuff, but I'd say it'd be pick a year with the bad boys, 89 or 90, and just have a full year watching how they operated and hear some of their inside stuff about how they're going to beat the hell out of Jordan and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I thought I think that would be cool. I would probably say one of the LeBron 
pretty much pick one of the title years. Probably the the one that he had with Cleveland that season. Even though I feel like it would be awesome to kind of follow around Miami probably that very first year. If they would have ended up winning the title, I probably would have picked that one. But uh, something with LeBron. Just follow him around. Yeah, the, fir- the year in Cleveland, you know, bringing the title to Cleveland for the first time in forever. I, that would be a good one. Yeah, there'd be some good ones. And that's what I was thinking when when uh, Kobe finally went, got his like back-to-back championships without Shaq. You know, like with Pau Gasol and Bynum and those guys, that, that'd be kind of interesting to see, like, how locked in Kobe was to finally win some titles without Shaq. But, yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking, the one that always comes to mind is, like, the, the Fab Five. I mean, there was yeah, that, that 30 for 30 with the Fab Five that was, like, a super entertaining. It was great. But, like, to see a legit behind-the-scenes, like, video on campus and, like, really dive deep into the Fab Five, I, I think that'd be really cool. Well, you know, you think they're going to be producing some of these, Matt? I know uh, we talked a little bit. I know ESPN says, hey, we got a success going here on Sunday nights. You got any inside information on anything we can look forward to? Yeah, well, I mean, like you said, that Sunday nights they're going to try and keep rolling with it. I think they've released this publicly, but uh, we've just had some, like, conversations within the company, like, so what what we say two more Sundays of the the last dance, but so to keep the Sunday night thing going, they're going to have a a two part Lance Armstrong documentary. So I mean that's going to be really cool because even if you don't follow, not many people follow the Tour de France over here biking, but everyone knew who Lance Armstrong was. I mean that was. I mean, I'm trying to even remember the years. Jared, do you remember Lance Armstrong? Like when he was winning all those tour defenses? I remember when I was probably six or I think we were in Chicago. And for some odd reason, I don't know why we went and saw this, but it was like in the IMAX, some sort of like Lance Armstrong documentary. And as a six-year-old, I could not have been more like bored out of my mind than sitting in that <laughs> yeah. theater watching that. Yeah. But I mean, this is, I'm curious. This will probably obviously go into the – all the doping stuff and what happened after he won what seven straight yeah. tour de France's. So, so that'll be really good. And then after Lance Armstrong, they're doing a Bruce Lee, uh, biopic or, you know, documentary, which, I mean, I know the legend of Bruce Lee. I honestly, I don't think I've ever seen one of his movies. I mean, maybe I've seen some clips, but maybe it was just before my times. I'm sure Ted, you've seen a bunch of his movies. Well, I've I've come across them. Let's put it this way: when I think of a Bruce Lee movie, um, I think of Kareem Abdul. No, it was Wilt Chamberlain. I think yeah. was his yeah. nemesis in one of them. Then <laughs> Chuck, I'm I'm interested to see how this because I grew up in the age where Chuck Norris memes are like the big thing. Like, oh, like Chuck Norris could beat anybody up. And I apparently that's where it came from. Is he was Bruce Lee's nemesis in one of those movies? So hopefully they touch on that a little bit. Yeah, I think that'll be very yeah. good. Well, do you yeah, think there's any chance they could dig into some of these, like they've done 30 for 30s for the Fab Five, the Bad Boys, you know, a two-hour deal. But what do you think, uh, if you had to pick something for a, a five-parter a la The Last Dance, is there something that would be top of your list? I mean, honestly, like the the one after Bruce Lee is they're they're doing one on Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, the 98 oh, yeah. home run chase. And that I, honestly, like that, I mean – that was peak baseball. I mean, I know like the 84 Tigers and stuff like that, you know, that that's near and dear to your heart, Ted. But like when you think about after the strike in the mid nineties and then all of a sudden it comes back and I mean, you weren't around Jared, but like 98 or wait, were you just born in 98? When were you uh, born? 99. Okay. So yeah, you, you weren't around uh, for the 98 home run chase. That was, it was must watch TV. I mean, it was honestly, I mean, th- wherever you were, when McGuire or Sosa were coming up to bat, you would watch I think they would even like cut in on Fox, like 
if you were watching the Simpsons or like, I don't know, whatever, they would cut in to McGuire and Sosa at bats. So like to see that, and you know, they're all roided up and juiced up, but you didn't care because they were hitting 500 foot bombs. That, that'd be, I'll be really in- interested to see that one. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be interested to see that just because I don't understand why that was such a big, like that just seems so like, I just could care less about that. But like you said, you hear about it all the time. How people were like, "This was so big, like this was so cool." Like, I just don't understand that. It, it saved baseball. I mean, when you say Bonds and Sosa, really steroids saved baseball when you think about it, because that was the big part of it. Along with you know Barry Bonds, uh, I, I I'm trying to remember what was the problem with baseball prior to that. Did they have a well, a strike? Yeah, yeah, the strike. In okay, ninety five. Yeah, and yeah, like they. I mean, they had a strike-shortened season. Basically, like what is happening right now with the coronavirus. I mean, obviously yeah. a different situation, but just a season that stopped. So the fans then, were all like, disenchanted with baseball in general, yep. management and the players. Yeah. So and they, yeah, so they have this, and it was you know they were breaking the record, Roger Maris's record that had stood since what 1961. So you know, like it, it was. I mean, it was like yeah, it was bringing people back to baseball, and and then you have these dudes who are just smashing the ball like it was it was it was really cool to see i mean i was uh like 13 13 14 years old so you know as a kid watching that stuff it was, it was pretty cool yeah yeah it was fun baseball for sure well i guess let's wrap this part up with uh do you guys think that uh, the juicers belong in the hall of fame that I era so, i do 100 percent I do. Yeah, too. I totally do. I do too. I mean, they they played with the rules that were out there at that time, and a lot of people were juicing. And you yep, still had to hit biggest, the baseball. Yep, you still got to hit the baseball. And my biggest thing with that, not to like go too deep into this, but but what's funny to think about is you know the the writers and the people who vote for the Hall of Fame, they're they're the ones who decide who gets into the Hall of Fame. But during that time, they were writing about McGuire and Sosa and Bonds and all these guys and making a ton of money writing these articles. And these, you know, write magazine articles, paper, and all that stuff about these guys. Probably talk about how amazing they are. They're they're breaking this record. This is the peak baseball. All this stuff. And now they're flipping the script, and they're like on high moral ground, saying they shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. It seems pretty hypocritical to me. Sure does. And knowing some of these sports writers, I'm sure they were on their own juice called uh, whiskey. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, fellas. Anything else? Before we wrap up, you got anything else you want to get on the table? Jared, we're glad you're back. Any comments about your dad filling in last week at all? Well, as you know, I didn't have a phone. So you haven't so heard I it. haven't been able – I've been so behind on so many podcasts, <laughs> and including three-point podcasts. Just got a phone uh, yesterday, so I'm still trying to catch up on there. But I will have thoughts on it next week. That's all right, very good. Well, we're glad you're back. That. Well, And let's I'll, just just remember we got to communicate a little bit. Yeah, I, I was going to say when we were talking about your whole situation, uh, Jared, getting your money stolen, I do remember um, – the summer after I graduated, so the, the summer in between high school and college for me, I worked for uh, Weiner Tree Service in Owasso. I know you guys definitely probably know. They're still there. Uh, yeah, they're still there. I know yeah, I still see the signs around when I'm back home. But I worked for them for the summer, cutting trees and doing all that stuff. And he paid me under the table. So I definitely remember like what uh, Fridays or whatever, he would just hand me an envelope of cash. So <laughs> I, I can, I can kind of like feel, feel for you, you know putting that envelope of cash in a bag or whatever. And I mean, every Friday I'd be like, I am keeping an eye on that and I'm going straight to the ATM and depositing this money. But yeah, man, that sucks. Yep. Yep. Feel bad for you, Jared, but, uh, just go out there this week, put in 60 hours, and make up that money. Yep, make it up. <laughs> That's all you can do. All right, guys, that'll do it for now. Hey, remember, everybody, 
Subscribe, rate us on all the big podcasting sites, including Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Your comments and questions always welcome on our social media sites. That's at Three Point Pod. Support our Three Point Podcast partners. Tell them you listen in. Advanced Elevators, Sheridan Realty and Auction Company, Rivals Taphouse and Grill, The Corona Connection, Card Service Michiana, and Promac Engineering. Also, make sure you check out our network friends at Sports Radio Detroit. For Jared Fattel and Matt Burns, I'm Ted Fattel thanking you again for supporting Three Point Podcast. Also, a big shout out to our medical frontliners. You all rock. Stay safe and bye just for now.